everyone, welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we bring you episode number 34. I'm running solo again today, um, and I wanted to talk about a program that I recently released, but more so the, the, the key principles behind it, and that is my eight weeks of healthy habits. Now, the reason I designed and um, pushed, not pushed, pushed is the wrong word because I'm not a salesman. The reason I designed this program was I'm not a challenge guy. Everyone knows that I don't endorse challenges as they're traditionally done, but I wanted people to do work well on timeframes. So I wanted to come up with something that would develop healthy habits and prioritize them in a time frame that would then hopefully deliver a changed lifestyle because these habits become routine. So um, the eight weeks is a good time frame. It's not too long, it's not too short. And within that program are six key principles that I personally and professionally believe will, if done correctly and successfully, will give you success in any health and fitness journey. Whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to sustain weight, whether you're trying to develop natural muscle, whether you're trying to just get healthier, fitter, be more energized, be more active, um, have better endurance, sleep better. Um, all of these things can be improved through the six key principles that I put together in this program. Now, this is not a podcast to sell this program. I just want to talk about the six key principles. So, they are from in no particular order. First one, and a lot of these are very logical too. And you'll 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 listen to this and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't I think of it? Or, or why didn't I focus on it? And that's the point of this program. It's not to focus on because when we do. A challenge when we do a diet when we do a weight loss journey the, the, the focus and the be-all and end-all if you will is nutrition and training and that's what you're told and that's correct that is exactly correct that's they're the two key factors that get you success in those areas but behind the scenes are so many other variables at play and that's what I want to focus on these six key principles and they are in no particular order consistency with exercise so consistency not exercise itself but consistency with exercise consistency with nutrition again it's not focusing on the nutrition component itself it's more about being consistent uh, number three is active rest days now I'll elaborate on all of these in a second number four is um, sleep hygiene number five is mindfulness and self-care and number six is water intake now you'll hear them and go oh but that's it's so simple, it's so logical, it's it's easy, but it's not because, as I said, when you put yourself through a diet, an eight-week challenge, uh, um, a regimented program, anything like that, the focus, the whole and sole focus is on diet, exercise, diet, exercise, and that's not incorrect, but you tend to not think about these other aspects, these other six key principles that, when put together, will get you those results because they play such a significant role. So let's start from the top. And again, these things are going to be so logical, so um, obvious, but unless you prioritize them in your life, they will not improve. And if you improve them, you will find success. So the first one, consistency with exercise. So we all exercise, we all train. You know, the reason you're listening to this podcast is probably because you already train and you probably already um, practice relatively good nutrition. But Consistency with exercise is something a lot of people fall down on. And what I mean by that is, in any given week, a seven day working week, or seven day week, how often do you train? So if you train two days this week, three days next week, maybe 
this week you train Monday, but then you don't get back to the gym until Saturday. You know, this is what I mean by inconsistency. Are you training consistently? And I understand there are exceptions to this rule whereby, you know, you might be a shift worker, you might be a casual worker, um, you know, your week is very sporadic, very unpredictable, so that's cool. But you still wanna be as consistent as you can be with your training because your body adapts to that. And the more training you do, and I'm not saying you have to train seven days a week, but the more training you do, and improve on, the better you will be. So if I always say a minimum of three days is the benchmark that you should be trying to achieve. Because if spread out over seven days, there's only a two day rest period before you train again. Um, so it's so, so important that you get that minimum of three days in. And you can spread it out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Have the weekend off, come back. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Do you train morning, afternoon? As consistent as you can be, your body will thank you for it. It becomes habit, it becomes routine, it becomes lifestyle. And that is the point of this. Now, moving to the second one, and it's very, very similar. Consistency with nutrition. Now, a lot of people tell me, I eat healthy. I eat healthy, I eat pretty good. And that's a separate podcast. I'm not gonna elaborate on that too much right now. But the consistency component of nutrition should be focused around what you currently do. So. Do you track calories? Do you track macros? Do you follow a meal plan? Or do you just eat healthy according to what your body needs? Do you eat intuitively? Do you need to improve on your eating habits? Be consistent. Be consistent over seven days rather than make it up as you go along. And the same with training and consistency with training. You should sit down every Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday morning, first thing, and schedule out your week. So when it comes to food, Plan out your week, prep out your week, organize your week. When are you gonna eat? What have you got ready to eat? When are you gonna plan your meals? What are you eating? What are you cooking? Do you need to do a shopping list up to plan for that? If you have organized your meals for the week, there is less like less chance of you straying from that plan, less chance of you snacking when you don't need to, less chance of you buying something you don't need to or you, don't, you shouldn't be eating because you've planned it out and that way you will remain more consistent. Now, no one's telling you that you cannot have, you know, a, a pub lunch on Friday with your workmates or you cannot get some takeaway pizza with the kids. But if you're consistent with the majority of your week, 89% of the time, Monday to Friday, including Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, with your nutritional intake as it's prescribed, maybe it's a meal plan, maybe it's caloric intake, maybe it's just eating healthy, you will get the result. And that will develop good, healthy habits. And again, that's why we're here. That's what we're talking about. So training consistency, nutritional consistency. You, you knock those two on the head, you're a long way towards good success in health and fitness. Now the next one, active rest days. What does that mean? Okay, so if you're a gym trainer, so if you train three, four days a week at the gym, you know, you go lift weights, you do group classes, etc. An active rest day is something away from that, but you're still active. So it could be going for a walk on the beach, it could be going for a swim, maybe you like to surf, play a game of golf, climb a mountain, do a yoga class, um, do a aerial yoga class, do a burlesque class, maybe catch up and go for a mountain bike ride with your mates, play, uh, I've said golf, um, tennis, you know, it's something that is fun, but it's still active. It's something that you enjoy, but it's still active. It's something that will give you your body a rest because it's not too intense, but it's still active. And when you're active, you're burning calories, your body is moving, you're, you're burning off energy, so it is working in your favor. But it's great for the headspace as well. As we know, 
you know, you're not going to have success in a health and fitness journey unless your headspace is good, if it's positive, if it's enthusiastic, if you're motivated. And the only way to do that is to make sure that you give it time. So going on an active rest day, climbing a mountain, catching up with friends, going for a bike ride, going to the beach, having a surf, having a swim, walking the, the, um, the point, taking your dog for a walk, playing with the kids out to the park, going for a skateboard ride, doing a yoga class, all those things are classified as active rest days. So you're giving your body a rest from its normal regime, but you're remaining active. That's an active rest day. Are you improving those? Are you introducing those? Do you even do them? Maybe you should start. Maybe you should try and do them one day a week. Like if you train four days a week, that's a good start. Do one active rest day, there's five. And then you can have um, do whatever you do over a weekend. You know, it's a good way to introduce other exercise to your week and but without actually trying. It's not a task, it's not a chore. You don't go, oh, I've got to do this today. You actually enjoy it. And then it's an easy active rest day. Okay, number four, sleep hygiene. Now this seems so logical and so obvious, doesn't it? Sleep is one of the biggest advantages to successful health and fitness. Why? Because we rest and recover when we sleep. If you have good quality sleep every single night, you wake up refreshed, you're energized, you're going to be productive, you're going to train well, you're going to be great at work, you're going to be a good family person, okay? You're going to be a great partner. Um, all these things, your body is going to thank you, your brain has rested, your body has rested, everything is good to go for the following day. If you have crap sleep, well guess what, you're not going to be that great. Your, your training performance is going to be down, you're going to feel tired and lethargic, so you're not going to be very productive throughout the day, your work is going to suffer, your relationship potentially suffers, you're not going to want to know about your kids because they're going to nag you to be active when you don't feel like it. So how do you improve that? There's plenty of ways to, to improve sleep. Now the ones I tend to lean towards is go to bed earlier. Firstly, remove stimulation from you sort of 30 minutes before you go to bed. Get rid of your phone, don't watch the TV, um, you know, all those things that are gonna make your brain active. Get rid of the blue light stuff. So introduce something else, read a book, listen to a podcast, listen to calming music. Sit in bed and talk to your partner. You know, have a conversation for 30 minutes while you're in bed. Practice good bed routines before you go to bed so that you're calming, your body is calming down as you're ready to hit the pillow and go to sleep. That way your brain is switching off, your body is switching off and you're good to go. Um, there are supplements that you can buy to help you sleep. Um, zinc magnesium drinks, you can get lavender tablets, melatonin's another good one, they help you calm down. If you are in a very intense, highly stressful job, um, and you get home and you can't switch off, those are great options to really calm the body and the mind down before you go to bed. Now, you can also, now research has shown that you get more quality sleep before midnight. Now, I don't know how they've worked that out, don't ask me, I, ha I did read this. So, in saying that, if you stay up till midnight most nights and then you sleep till eight, and you say, well, I'm getting eight hours, but are those eight hours quality hours? <clears throat> are they good hours? Do you wake up still feeling tired? So, should you then try and reschedule your sleep so that you go to bed and sleep at 10 p.m., wake up at six, you're still getting eight hours, but all of a sudden you've shifted two hours into the early part of the evening, before midnight, so they're potentially more quality hours, which will possibly make your evening more quality hours or quality sleep. Now, how do you do that? It's quite simple. What you have to do is effectively 
you're not going to obviously go to sleep at 10 because your body's used to going to sleep at 12. So, but what you need to do is you need to set your alarm for six, force yourself to get up at six, do that for a couple of days. If you do that for a couple of days, yes, you're sacrificing two hours of sleep and you're only getting six, but you will be tired because of it. So you'll want to go to bed earlier and all of a sudden you're shifting your sleeping pattern to go to bed earlier, get up earlier, straight away you've got two more hours in the day, in daylight that you can utilize for whatever you need and you're getting more quality sleep. It's a good alternative to shifting your sleep patterns to make them more productive and more beneficial to you. <clears throat> there's plenty of other ways to improve your sleep. You know, there's meditation, there's yoga, there's plenty of apps out there. But I guarantee you, good sleep hygiene is so, so advantageous to good health and fitness. It really is, and it's so underrated, and it's not prioritized because we're all too busy. We have to do stuff at night. We watch TV. We get caught up on TV shows. We look at our phone until all hours, and all of a sudden, our sleep sucks because we're not prioritizing it. <clears throat> okay, moving right along. Mindfulness and self-care. Now, this is a more recent one that has become more prevalent due to that mental health epidemic we're suffering at the moment. So what does that mean? Look, I could go on and on about this, but I won't because I'm not an expert in this area, but I'm only going to draw from my own experience. Mindfulness and self-care is effectively looking after your mental health state. So how do you do that? Well, it's very individual dependent. It's very much specific to the individual, what helps you calm, what helps you um, you know, get away from the day-to-day the -day crazies that you might be um, experiencing. For me, simple things like walking on the beach, listening to the ocean, walking my feet through the sand, spending quality time with my family, getting out in my backyard, walking on the grass, tending to my vegetable garden, things like that are really good for my headspace. Listening to podcasts, positive podcasts, ones that reinforce gratitude and positivity. That's something that we don't appreciate enough of and that is gratitude, being grateful for all the simple things we have in life the roof over our head, the warm meals, the hot shower, the clothes on our back, the jobs, the, the fact that we have freedom. Look around the world at the moment and all the chaos that is going on with um, this pandemic, with all the stuff happening in America. We have a very, very, we have it very, very good over here. We have freedom of speech. We have the ability to live how we want to live. We have the ability to travel, obviously not at the moment, but in normal times we can. So we need to practice gratitude more. And when you are grateful, often you have a great headspace, a positive headspace, which means you're gonna be more productive, you're gonna be more energized, you're gonna be happier, which will rub off on your significant others, your family members, and that they're gonna be happy as well. Now, how do you practice gratitude? Gratitude journal, just constantly thinking about things that are grateful, listening to podcasts, um, watching YouTube, watching positive movies, reading positive influential books, Audiobooks is another good one. <clears throat> Talking to people that practice it already and getting their ideas. All of these things contribute to positive, great mindfulness and self-care. Um, if you're a musician, maybe you like to write songs, play music, sit on the guitar for half an hour, just on your own, just in your own headspace. Um, go for a surf, play some sport, play video games, watch a movie, read a book, go down to the beach and read a book. Um, go for a bike ride. You know, all of these things can contribute to good self-care, but it needs to be specific to you. So you need to find what works for you and prioritize that into your week. If you can, I guarantee you your headspace will be better, which means your um, productivity in the gym and training will be better, which means your focus will be better, which means you'll be more consistent with your exercise and nutrition. You can see how all these things work hand in hand. So if all those things are positive, are prioritized, are focused, 
your health and fitness journey, no matter what your goal is, if it's to lose weight, if it's to be healthier and fitter, if it's to be stronger, if it's just to um, live a healthy lifestyle, well, they will all become really, really positive and you will get those results because all of these other principles are working in your favor. So that's mindfulness and self-care. The final one, which is so, so obvious, is water intake. Again, it's something that we don't prioritize, it's something that we don't do, um, yet ironically, when if you know you see stories on the news where people are caught out in the bush because they've been bushwalking, they get stuck for three days without any water, or you get stuck in the desert in a movie and they've got no water. You don't have water, you die. Simple as that. The body needs water to survive, yet when in our day-to-day -day lives, we don't drink enough of it because we don't prioritize it, yet it is a vital component of living. So water intake, and it, it is probably the number one fat burner you will get because you're constantly flushing your body, you're making your body work, you're replenishing. Um, it, it, it plays such a significant role in good health and fitness. So prioritize your water intake. Now, how do you do that? It's quite simple. If you sit at an office desk for eight hours a day, have a bottle of water in front of you. Because it's in your peripheral vision, it's in your line of sight, you will drink more of it. That is a fact. Um, if you have a two litre bottle or 1.5 litre bottle, put some marks on it, some lines across the half litre mark. So that way, all of a sudden, the competitive nature kicks in and you've got to drink past that line and then past the next line, then past the next line. I guarantee you will drink more water simply because it's in your line of sight. If you're on the tools all day, have a water bottle with you, carry it with you, have it in your tool belt, just a little one. You know, there's ways to ensure that, <clears throat> excuse me, you are drinking more water. If you're like me and you struggle to drink water because it's so bland and tasteless, introduce an amino acid, have a, um, uh, a tea, um, even black coffee um, will work. You know, things like that that will um, add a flavor to it, but will in, 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 entice you to drink more because of that flavor. But linocide is the best one. It really is. If, if it's in front of you, you will drink it, I guarantee it. So they are my six key principles that add up to successful health and fitness. And that is, once again, consistency with exercise, consistency with, <clears throat> excuse me, training, oh, sorry, nutrition, active rest days, um, sleep hygiene, mindfulness and self-care, and water intake. If you can prioritize those and improve those from where they currently sit, if you sit back and, <clears throat> excuse me, jot them down and work out where you sit, with all of them, you know, maybe you only drink a liter of water a day, maybe you only sleep six hours a day, maybe you don't do any self-care, maybe you don't do any active rest days, active rest days, and maybe your training and nutrition is very inconsistent. If you can improve on all of them, or even just a couple of them, straight away, you're heading in the right direction. If you can improve on all of them, even if you think you are doing them reasonably well, there's always room for improvement. There's always ways to do things better. So make the effort to improve them, don't focus on the scales, don't focus on weight loss, don't focus wholly and solely on exercise and nutrition. Put these six key principles in place, prioritize them, focus them, plan ahead, <clears throat> diarize them. And I guarantee you, you will have more success with whatever your health and fitness journey is, but you have to make sure that you improve on what you currently do with those six principles. So that's it guys, I hope that makes sense. I hope that um, clarifies my interpretation of the six key principles and my eight weeks of healthy habits. If you'd like to learn more about them, please message me. Um, it is a program I'm currently running and I'll continue to do so throughout the year and make improvements as I go because it is something that's new, but I believe, firmly believe that those six key principles within that program 
will certainly enable anyone who does them and does them properly a healthy and successful health and fitness journey. That's almost certain and guaranteed. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to this podcast um, and screenshot and share it on your stories. Um, Tag myself, Paul's Body Engineering. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.